Our Father, thank you so much for bringing us here tonight. As we crown this day with another service in your name. We thank you for the activities today, the wonderful time we spend together with your people in this sanctuary. We sang and we greeted each other, Lord. Even though we were here gathered from different sections of this island, yet we realize that it is because of your mercy why we have been privileged to have that experience. And tonight, dear Lord, I thank you for your presence. Thank you for looking beyond our faults. Thank you for bringing us here tonight. And I pray, dear God, that you would help us, that we would strive to seek to do your will at all times. Bless your word as I present it in Jesus' name. As you saw in the bulletin this morning, we're going to have a walk, just a little, little, not a long walk, but a slow walk. You know, the people who tell us when we're exercising, you know, you see people walking, exercising, and they are taking their time, you know, just walking, walking. And I wonder how if that is doing anything. And uh, on the other hand, you have other people who are really making time, pacing, and not running. But tonight, we are going to see as we take a little stroll through the book of Philippians. There's no way I am going to be exhausting this book tonight because I'm sure that there are those people who could take a week or, or a month just preaching from the book of Philippians. Beautiful, beautiful epistle. Paul's letter to the Philippians is one of the most tender and encouraging of his writings. And tonight, we will try to highlight some of his encouraging words to you and to me who love the Lord and are trying to please him in all that we do. Someone has said 
And I agree. That one of the finest pieces of literature available to us today is found in Philippians chapter 2. I know most people have this memorized. They can say Philippians 2, 1 to 11, you know, without any words in front of them. This passage of Scripture, we are told, is the, one of the finest pieces of Christian literature that you can find anywhere in the world. And it was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, you may have this on the screen at this time, Philippians chapter 2, 1 to 11. And uh, most of the quotations is from the Holman translation of the Bible. And the reason why the Holman, this is new, but I was looking for a, a, a large print Bible. You know, and I went through to several um, bookstores, and uh, this is the only thing I could find. I never heard about Holman Bible before, but it's, it's pretty good. And uh, in Philippians chapter 2, beginning from verse 1, we find these words. Paul says, If there is any encouragement in Christ, if any, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affections of mercy, verse 2, do what? Fulfill my joy by doing what? Thinking the same way, having what? Having the same love, sharing the same feelings, focusing on the same goal. How are you scoring? Verse 3 says, I know there are those of us who do things hurriedly without thinking, but the Apostle Paul, as he taught of that little church there in Philippi, he says, do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider Others more important than yourself. Now let me read it again. It says, If Yes. This is verse 3, I think. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, 
But in humility, consider others. Consider others as more important than yourself. Can we handle that? I was doing a little course one time in the little Bible course, you know, this memory course. And they gave a story about this brother who was praying, church. In the prayer meeting, he says, God, I pray that you would bless me, my wife, and my three sons. Amen. This is not the way Christians should act, Paul says. Verse 4, everyone should look out not only on his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Then there's a section here, verse 5 to 11. I wonder if we could share that in unison. Verses 5 to 11 of Philippians chapter 2 is right there in front of you. Verses 5 to 11. This is Christ's humility and exaltation. It says, ready? Make your own at that of Christ, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave. For that reason, God highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So, in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God. I can imagine when the Philippians received this letter from Paul, everybody must have been quiet. You know, there's sometimes you read something and you can't say any word. You can't say anything. You're dumbstruck because the words hit home. These were beautiful, beautiful words. The church at Philippi, we are told, was started by Paul on his second missionary journey. We have recorded, easy to follow, four missionary journeys. But someone said that there was a fifth missionary journey that the Apostle Paul attempted to make. 
which was aborted because of internal strife. He was on his way to some part of Spain. If it's true, I don't know. You can't find this in the Bible, but sometimes you, you search um, the uh, records and you'll find these things in secular history. But he did not make it. But we can talk about four missionary journeys. They're all outlined in the Bible. The first time he went to a certain place, he went back. And then um, on his second missionary journey, Paul founded the little church at Philippi. Now, it's, it's interesting tonight to remind you of one thing that the church at Philippi was started by the Apostle Paul in the home of a man. Is that right? It was started in the home of a lady. Now, while you're thinking who this lady is, you may want to look at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, beginning from verse 11. Do you know the name of this lady yet? Who? Lydia. That's right. Somebody got it. And she was a businesswoman. What was her type of business? She used to sell numbers. She had a business. She developed a purple dye, you know. And um, that was her business. That was where the color must have... Somebody made a movie once, The Color Purple. I don't know where they got this thing from, but I know Lydia. It was in the home of the... Let's look at the story. I think it's good for us to look at this story as recorded by the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16, verse 11 and following. Then, he says, setting sail from Troas, we run a straight course. Now, those of you who are sailors, you know what I'm talking about here. Straight course to Samothrace, the next day to Naples, verse 12, and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony, which is a leading city of that district of Macedonia. Now you know where we are. We stayed in the city a number of days. How many days? I don't know. 10, 15, 2 weeks. But a number of days. Verse 13. Not. Note. We need to note something here as we go on. That on the Sabbath, they went outside the city. Now some of us don't want to just drive at the um, one end of our city to, to the other. But the Apostle Paul and his men went outside of the city. Now why did they have to go outside of the city? Christianity wasn't so popular those days. 
So they went outside of the city to a prayer meeting. What does the word say? Let's get to the word. It says, and verse 13, and the next, and um, we sat down and spoke to the woman who gathered there. See, there was a group of women who went out of the city and had a prayer meeting. How did Paul know that those women were there? If you go out of town here, Sunday comes around, I know sometimes we go just for two or three days and you don't want to go to church. But the apostle Paul took time out and he, he searched out. There was a prayer meeting going on and he went. We sat down and spoke to the men there. What does the text say? <laughs> Thank God for the women. What happened to the men? Where were the men? You know, here's where we fall into sin sometimes. We assume certain things. Somebody whispered a while ago, she went fishing. I don't know. But where were all the men? We sat down and spoke to the women gathered there. Now, verse 14, there's your lady. A woman named Lydia a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira. You remember that name, no? Lady of Thyatira? All right. Who worshipped God was listening. And God opened her heart. Who opened her heart now? God opened her heart to pay attention to what was spoken by Paul. Not carefully now. After she and her household, after Lydia and her whole family, I say that because I can't have any other interpretation for household, after she and her household were baptized, listen to this, she urged us, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And you know, Lydia persuaded them. That's what the Bible said. And she persuaded them. This is one of Paul's prison epistles. Written while in prison for the Lord. Today we would say that Paul was a jail bug because he spent a lot of his time in prison. Yes, he spent a lot of time in jail because of his faith in Christ. This is why he was able to say in Romans, Romans chapter 1, 16. Now, most of you know this verse from, from memory. You have quoted it many, many times. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. You know, he went through all of these things in life, 
but he was willing to suffer. And he says in Romans 1.16, what? For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and also to the Gentiles, also to you and me. Here's where we get our power from, by trusting Jesus. Note in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 and, and uh, following. This, was, this church was very close to Paul's heart because he made a journey already. Second missionary journey, it was rough. Now, he wasn't in any steel hull um, boat ships like we have today, our fiberglass ship. These were plank, you know, roughly plank thing. And there are times you're out there in the sea, you jump a plank and water started coming. He had a hard time. So he loved this little church at Philippi, and he, writing to them, says, I give thanks, this is Philippians 1, 3 and following, I give thanks to God for every remembrance of you. Verse 4, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace. Notice this now. Notice. Both in my what? Imprisonment and in the defense and establishment of the gospel. What a blessed little church at Philippi. So, here, without any question, we know this was one of the Apostle Paul's um, prison epistles. For those of you who like to make records, you like to write in your books, your Bible, those of us who use in tablets, you may have a problem, but I guess they'll soon work that out where you can mark. But for those of you who would like to be checking the key verses of different books in the Bible, if you have your Bible with you, we are told that the key verse of this book of Philippians is Philippians chapter 1. Verse 21. 
Philippians 1, verse 21. So if, if, if you have your own Bible and you can remember this, you take your pen out maybe when you get home. If you have it with you, just bark on the edge of it. K-E-Y, key. Circle that, that um, chapter 1, verse 21, just the 21st verse. What does it say? For me to live is Christ and dying is gain. Another verse says, another, another uh, translation says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Right? The translation that we're looking at today, it says, for me to live is Christ and dying is gain. On the other hand, for those of you who may believe that once you become a Christian, everything in life will go on smoothly. Any of you here? Once you become a Christian, everything in life is going to be bed of roses. Just look at verse 29 of the same chapter 1. What does verse 29 says? For it has been given to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to what? Suffer for him. So cheer up. Cheer up, my dear friends. The worst is yet to come. <laughs> That's encouragement, right? In this book of the Philippians, Paul urges, in the first place, unity. In chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he urges unity. And you remember Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17? One of the things that he prayed for was that the disciples be one, unity. Somebody says that unity is what? Strength. United we stand, divided we fall. Somebody said divided we sit. Anyway, he urges unity. He urges unity. Note again, we saw this verse before. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. He wanted them to be united. You know, unity is something that we need to strive for in the home, in our school life, in our church life. You know, if we are united here in this body of Christ, once we get out there, people will know that these people are the Lord's because they are united. In other words, they are one, you see. In the second place, we find the Apostle Paul urges the Philippian church 
not to be grumblers. Are you a grumbler tonight? You like to grumble about things? You know, I know a lot of us are grumbling this past week when the power went off for, uh, <laughs> and then some man told me that he moved in the, in his, in his, um, sitting room and had all the windows open and still it was hot. You know, when the power goes off, it seems as if the wind stopped blowing and everything. We grumble, we grumble, we grumble. Then when we get our bill for the, um, for the, uh, electricity, we grumble the bill so high, but then we sleep easy and sweet, air condition. Grumble, you know, it's, it's, we, that can become a part of the human, um, body as it were, just to keep grumbling. You know, Pastor Tommy and myself visit quite a bit, different people. We go to visit some people, and they've been laying on their backs for a long time. Sometimes, you know, they're in, in, you can see that they're in pain. But we, we try to encourage them as much as we can. And there are times we come back, feel more lifted up than we believe that we were able to leave them. Because here are people who will learn not to grumble. Somebody said the other day, don't talk with me. I'm living on the corner of um, Grumbling Street. There's where I live. Chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. The Apostle Paul says, 14 and 15, Do, he says, everything without grumbling and arguing. And verse 15, so that you may be blameless and what? Pure children of God who are faultless in a... What kind, what kind of nation they were living in? Crooked, perverted generation. Are we far from that? <laughs> Somebody said right here. You know. But we don't grumble. Just God, we need to trust God. You see, the, our problem is we don't trust him sometimes. We need to simply trust him. Trust him. Even when uh, it, it gets gloomy sometimes. We hear there's a beautiful song that we Sing sometimes, God on the mountain, God on the mountain. It's, it's nice to praise God when we're everything, on the mountain, when everything seems to be going nice and sweet. But when we get down in the valley, you know, we can't praise you here like God. No. But he's God on the mountain, and he's also God in the valley. Praise God. So, We must not be grumblers. The next thing the Apostle Paul urges us to do is to be vigilant. We must live in unity. We must, be, must not be grumblers. And as Christians, we must be vigilant. Vigilant. 
I think we need that more than ever today. He says in, 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 the, in chapter 3, verses 7 to 9, he says, But everything that was gained to me, I have considered to be lost because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be lost in view of the surpassing view of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and considered them as filth, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but some that is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteous from God, from a God-based faith. That's what he was talking about. Verse 18 and 19. For I have told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Verse 19. Their end is destruction. Their God is their what? Stomach. Their glory is their what? Shame. They are focused only on earthly things. Before we close this evening, Listen to me. Before we close this evening, let us look at chapter 4, 6, and 7, which reads like this. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And what's going to happen? And the peace of God which passeth every thought will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Can you remember that? Yes. Let us leave this place this evening of worship. With chapters 3, verse 19, in our hearts. Chapters 3, verse 19, in our hearts. This is a life verse from any people. Perhaps some of you, this is a life verse for you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 19 says, And... My God will supply, what? All your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. This is Philippians chapter 3, verse 19. Four, verse 19, I'm sorry. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. This is what the Apostle Paul is writing to the, this blessed little church. 
in Philippians. Now, I don't know if he ever was able to visit them again. But he told them, my God. He could speak of what he knew about God. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Now, I want us to change this a little bit. Instead of saying, my God will supply all your needs, could we say, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory to Christ Jesus? Let's go. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory to Christ Jesus. And let us go with that on our heart as our benediction tonight. And my God supply all my needs according to his riches in glory to Christ Jesus. You believe that? Yes. All right, have a nice week. Yeah.